Are you looking for new books to read? Do you like finding a new special author? Are you tired of the same old books from the same old authors? Well then, welcome to Discovered Wordsmiths, a podcast where you can hear from fantastic new authors. Join Steven Schneider as he finds and talks to authors you may not know, but authors that have worked hard to write great new books. Hear about their book and why you should check it out. So sit back and listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. So today on Discovered Wordsmith, I have David Bowles. David, good morning. How are you doing today? Good morning to you, Steve. David, before we talk about your book, let's find out a little bit about you. So tell us where you live and some of the things you like to do other than write. I'm presently living in San Antonio, Texas. Been here for the last 14 months, but for the last six years, my dog Becca and I have been traveling around the country in a, a Class A motor coach, telling stories and writing books. And we're fixing to get on the road again. I've just purchased a new RV, and we'll be heading out north to the Rockies here on Wednesday morning. Yes. But I'm originally from Austin. I was born in Austin, fifth generation to be born in Austin. And this is about as far as I ever moved away permanently to San Antonio. And that was back in 1968 for Hemisphere. Okay. So, All right. You've been traveling. What are some nice areas you've been to or good sites you've well, seen? In 2017, we spent the summer in Alaska and Canada. And that's the place for me in the thing. And I say one of my last book, Comanche Tracer, I, they said on there, my editor wanted to know what I wanted to say on the back of the book about where you live. And I said, tell them I live in Texas in the wintertime and a summer anywhere, summer anywhere but Texas. So <laughs> Texas is, a, is my home, but it's, I don't tend to live here in July and August. I'm it's not, be yeah, not the most pleasant place that we could be at that time <laughs> it's been really it's been really hot but we love the rockies we spend time i spent two summers in angel fire new mexico and i did storytelling there at, at the rv camp and the rv resort and i sold a lot of books up there by telling stories nice beautiful all right. Why did you want to start writing these books and what got you into writing? I always heard the stories my father told, my grandparents told, and they really interested me. And I came from a, a long line of porch setters. And that's what we had to do back when I was a kid. We didn't have air conditioning. And so we always sat out on the front porch. Neighbors would drive down the lane. They would see us on the front porch, and they'd stop by, and boy, would they tell some stories. I started listening to these stories, and they just kept going around in my head. Some of them were my family, and some of them were just neighbors, but there were stories that I thought needed told. And until I could retire and have the time to write these stories, I couldn't, but I did a lot of research over 20 years of research, and I have the stories down pretty well, and I've got them in, I've written this Westward Saga series in right now four books, and it'll probably be another two books to finish it up, but it's the story of America moving west okay, all so, the way to California. So you took the, that's a long-standing tradition, taking the oral stories and passing them down through generations, and you took those and turned them into a series of books is what it sounds like. Exactly what I've done, and I use them in my storytelling. 
Good. Old stories. That's pretty cool. So let's talk about that series. So your series of books is called Westward Sagas, and you've got book five coming out in a couple months. Tell us about that book. What's it called? And tell us about it. It's a sheriff of Starr County. And Star counties in South Texas on the Mexican border. And prior to 1850, that it was called, it was in Mexico. And after the war with Mexico, the United States war with Mexico, they decided Texas had always thought that the Rio Grande was a border. And Mexico thought that the Nueces River was a border, which left a little a strip of land about the size of the state of Tennessee that was unclaimed. And after the Treaty of Hidalgo, February the 2nd of 1848, that area became the United States in the treaty. Those people there, all Hispanic, Spanish-speaking, were there. And so there was this sheriff at the time was a Texas Ranger named Will Smith, happened to be my great-grandmother's uncle. And he was appointed to be the sheriff down there in Star County when it was organized. And no one spoke English, and he didn't speak Spanish. It's just in how he was the only lawman in an area as big as the state of Tennessee. And he did a pretty good job of being a sheriff. And so it makes a great story. But there's a lot of love stories. You've got a couple of love stories in there. He lost both of his lovers. I shouldn't tell that, <laughs> tell my story away, but it, it makes a great story. And but this most is about him is true. It's a true story about a guy named William Smith. And in the book, I call him Will Smith. Nice. And this is book five. So you've had this saga, you said, going on for several books now, but it's the same family over time. Yes. And different different generations, but the first generation was they actually had the home, their farm, one hundred and seven acre farm, was the Guilford Courthouse battle, the Battle of Guilford Courthouse during the American Revolution when old General Carn Wallace came through, and uh, these old hillbillies up there in the mountains of, of North Carolina managed to beat him up pretty good. He ended up winning the war. But it's the old story. He won the war. He won the battle, but he lost the war. And uh, it makes a great book. And it's named Springhouse because the women and children were in the Springhouse on the battlefield during the uh, Battle of Guilford Courthouse. And then later book, Children of the Revolution, is a story about how those children who went were on the battlefield the day of that terrible battle. And it was one of the most dramatic battles in the American Revolution. And the movie, The Patriot, was that was the general idea that they that the Tom Hanks movie was based on was the Battle of Guilford Courthouse. It wasn't very factual, but it was a very good movie. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So, so do you can you think of any other books or an author that writes similar to what your books are like? So People get an idea of what to expect. I'll tell you, yes, my books, and I had somebody tell me this about my books who's read them all. And she told me, she said, you started out writing Laura Ingalls with Little House on the Prairie. And you ended up like Larry McMurtry and Dead Man Walking. (laughs) So there's a pretty range there. And I liked all of them. Larry McMurtry does 
great work. And of course, Laura Engel, she died so long ago. Her works live on and the people love to read the stories and the movie series that they made based on her writings. You can still see it today. You can, they run them still. So there you go. If you liked Laura Ingalls when you were younger and you were interested in McMurdy now, you've got something more to read from from you. But I find I don't have too much time for reading anymore. There's just a lot to do when you're selling books. Definitely. So why did you want to uh, write these books? And why did you say, when I retire, I'm going to write? Why did you want to do that? I kept thinking about it and I kept thinking that somebody needs to write a story about this. And I tried to get, I have members of my family that have educations in journalism. I couldn't get that. I started trying to find a ghostwriter to write. And I called on H.W. Brands in Austin. He belonged to the Austin Writers League, which I've been a member of for a long time. And he was at a book signing, and I was able to talk to him and see if he would possibly, if I could give him all the research I had done. And he told me, he said, David, you've done the research, the story, and you've got to tell it. And then I came across Cecil uh, Murphy. I don't know if you think he's probably the most prolific ghost writer in America. And I had the opportunity at a book conference to speak to him, and he told me the same thing. And I said, well, I don't have any experience. I don't have a degree in journalism or anything like that. He said, no, but you know the story and you can find an editor that can help you. And I was fortunate enough to find an editor that could help me. I didn't know doodly squat about writing a book. And I started writing it and it just came to me and it came out very well. Springhouse came out very well. But in my mind, when I wrote that book, I was thinking about my family. And I overwrote it, if you want to. I, I want to make so sure they understood how, how things were back in those days. And I went in and even, I wrote a, almost a chapter about how to make soap, because I had to make soap back in the day. I even went and <laughs> studied how to make soap. My editor cut that whole thing out and broke my heart. <laughs> she says. Nobody wants to know about how to make soap. So I learned, I've learned a lot since my first, and I think now that the last two especially are more on the style of Larry McMurtry's work. And anybody that likes Larry McMurtry would like my work. Okay, good. That's nice. And this is independently published, correct? I got a publishing house called Plum Creek Press. Okay. I, I own that trademark and it's my publishing company. I'm not asking to do any publishing right now because my hands are full just doing my work. But I do I own it. It's trademarked and registered, and it's going business. Got it. Okay. Yes, I own the publishing company. <laughs> and what type of feedback have you been getting from readers? I see that you've got some good reviews. You've got 20-some reviews on all your books, and it's five stars, it looks like. So yes, looks like I'm very that. fortunate. I get I get a lot of letters. People write me letters, and a lady just last week, I got one, and it meant so much to me. It sometimes it gets discouraging on books. You don't sell near as many as you think you will. The expenses are high and that sort of thing. But she wrote me a letter, and it really stimulated me. She just told me, she says, you have a God gift god-given ability to tell a story and please keep on writing and i tell you getting something like that means a lot to a writer 
and to get it handwritten. Not yeah, handwritten yeah. on it from Carl, Oklahoma. If you know where that's at, I don't even know where it's at. <laughs> well, I know Oklahoma is on the other side of the country. From yeah. you. And we talked a bit about this in email. So if you were asked, would you rather see your books turned into movies or a TV show? I think a TV show would be better because everybody could see it. Not everybody is able to go to a movie anymore for one reason or the other. And in the home, they got it, they can record it, and they can have it forever. Nice. Okay. But I'll take whatever I can get. But this would make one heck of a movie for somebody, the series would. So I think you're looking at, if you could, something on ABC or NBC or CBS instead of the streaming services? Yes. I don't know enough about streaming to make a decision on that. But I would like to see somebody take this and make it where everybody could see it. Yeah, I agree. And especially the early book, The Spring House, which is so important to America. And that battle, people just don't know unless they read about it. I know in in high school, they just touched on it a little bit. It was just one of many battles, but it was an important one. I think that story, and The Patriot uh, was a good movie, but it didn't get into my books are not about battle or fighting. It's about the people and how the battle and the fighting affected them for years and their children for many generations after. Nice. Okay. And I can right. tell you a little story about that. Yeah, go know. ahead. Tell us. Let's hear. My four, three great-grandfather was killed in Austin, Texas by Indians. And six, seven months before he was killed, his son, James W. Smith, who was the first county judge of Travis County, Texas, was killed by Indians. And his little boy was kidnapped and taken off to Santa Fe, New Mexico. And where that fits into the next generation is I can remember my grandmother. Now, my grandmother's two generations away from that family, and she's at our house. And I'm going outside, and it was dark. And she looked at me, and she says, now, she's old, and she's getting a little feeble, but she looked at me and started trembling, and she says, don't go out there tonight. There might be Indians out there. And this was in the 19, would have been in about 1950 Wow, that that happened. And I just saw her tremble, and I thought, well, that's crazy. There's no Indians around here. But to, in her mind, she was a little girl when all of that went on, and there were still Indians around. And I have my great grandmother's Bible uh, that she started after the Civil War. And she was the one that was first born in Austin, Texas. Her name was Elnor Van Cleve. That Bible has a place where an arrowhead penetrated it during an Indian raid in the 70s. So those things, they live on and they affect families and how they think and everything about everything they do. And it just goes on from generation. It'll pass on from generation to generation. Right. And yeah, that's interesting, interesting how it affected my grandmother, even though she wasn't there. It was two generations before. But she remembers the fear of Indians that she had. Did you say earlier that you now live in Austin, Texas? No, I live in San Antonio, which is 75 okay. miles south of there. And when I can get through the traffic, I have a lot of family there. And all my nieces and nephews all live there. 
they're in, and I've got eight, into the eighth generation born in Austin, Texas. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, you said your great great grandfather was killed in Austin. I'm like, yeah, you might want to get away from Austin. <laughs> no, that was in that was he was a county treasurer, and and his son was a county judge. Think about that at the same time. Yeah, and, wow. Both of them were killed within seven months, so they didn't get to. They didn't get to. They were appointed. They didn't get to run for election. <laughs> they didn't la- last very long. But the rest of the family, fortunately, my my great grandfather Eleanor Van Cleve, he survived, and his wife Margaret, and they had a passel of children. And then on my mother's side, the same thing. Both of them were there together. So I, on both sides of the family, I'm fifth generation. So nice. We've been around a while. <laughs> nice, good. And do you have a website, David? Yes, sir, I do, and it's westwardsagas.com. Okay, we'll make sure and put. And I'm on Facebook, and that's David Bowles author on Facebook, and I have a Facebook page for my writing for my stories. Okay, great, good. Oh, and one other thing, if I could, I've got about 450 short stories on that website. If anybody wants to read some little short stories. And they're short and sweet, no more than 250 to 500 words. So they're on there available for free. Nice. Okay, yeah, definitely. We'll put some links to that. I'm sure some people would like that. I interviewed an author a couple months ago from about the same area, Jim Christina, and he writes Westerns. If somebody likes both of your guys' stuff, there you go. We've got you on the web, the podcast. Great. So you're... Next book is coming out in February. What are your plans for any book after that? It's already in my head. I'm kind of laying it out. And it's old Will, my my main character in the book. He's up in years. And he ends up over on the King Ranch. Have you heard about the King Ranch? No, I have not. One of the largest ranches in the country. And he and old Captain King got some stuff up the sleeve. And the story goes on. Nice. Okay. So it's just continuing more stories from the family through the years. Yeah, uh, stories that I know about. And I would like to bring it up to about the 1940s or 50s. And that's when things were fun. Things were happening. Oh, Lyndon Johnson was then a congressman from Texas. And I've got some stories to tell about him, too. Because my dad grew up on the Pertinalis River, just close to where Lyndon Johnson lives. So... I've got some stories. I might have to change some names. <laughs> might have to use some fictitious names. Yeah, there you go. David, let me ask you, what are some of your favorite books and authors to read? I loved Elmer Kelton. And he's San Angelo, Texas. I used to stop by and try and see him every time I went west up towards Lubbock and that that area there. San Angelo's about halfway between San Antonio and and I always stop there. And I've got a friend that runs a bookstore, the Cactus Bookstore. Got to give him a plug. And he's got all of Elmer Kelton's books there, every one of them. And he's got all of mine, too. And a great place for old books and stories and things like that. But Elmer Kelton really did some great writing. And his stories sound a lot like my stories. I never tried to copy anybody. I'm not smart enough to copy anybody. I just have to do it my way. But he's one of the greats and a regional writer. And of course, we had a guy way back there in high school, and I broke my teeth on him, old J. Frank Doby. And he wrote a lot about Texas and the West and that sort of thing. He wrote some great stuff. Nice. Okay. And, and you mentioned the Cactus Bookstore. It sounds like they support local authors. Is that 
One of your favorite bookstores? Yes, Cactus Bookstore there is kind of a specialty bookstore. You won't find any Harry Potter stuff there for sure. But if you like Western stories and if you want to research the West, I'll tell you, McMurtry went there a lot to get books, old books. They're out of print. They've got out of print books and stuff about the old West and things like that have been out of print for years and historical type stuff. Oh, nice. Okay. Make sure and put some links to that also in the show notes. All right. Before we finish talking about your book and move on to author talk, if someone came up to you and said, David, I heard you wrote some Westerns. I like Westerns, but why should I get your book and read it? What would you tell them? If you want to know how this country was founded, it's a good way to get a history lesson. I had a lady who's now a resident of Houston, Texas, come to see me just recently in the last couple of weeks, and we had lunch together, and she told me, she says, I didn't understand about America and Texas and all these things, and says that once I read your book, it started the American Revolution, and it took me through all that people had to go through to get here back in the 1840s and 50s when they started coming to Texas and moving west and then opening up California and going on westward. And that's where the Westward Saga is. She says, if anybody reads your book that doesn't know American history, they'll understand it after it's over with because you've laid it out chronologically in the same family and what happened to them. I've had people tell me, your story sounds just like my family's story. And it does because they all came down the same trail. They came down that trail and crossed the Sabine River into Texas. And they had a hard life. My family, when they got to Austin, there was nothing in Austin. Austin wasn't founded until 1839. It was, it was a new city built just to be the capital. They had to sleep under their wagons. There was no place they had to, until they could build a little cabin, there was no place to live except under their wagons. So nice. that's the way it was. Wow. And the women in my family, I want to tell you, they're tough. <laughs> There's some tough women. You don't want to take any of them on. I'll tell you that. Nice. Okay. Great. David, thank you for sharing your book, talking about your book. I appreciate it. It sounds exciting. If you love Westerns, it sounds like a great series to get into. Thank you, Steve. Thank All you right. very much. Appreciate right. you having me on. Yep. No problem. Hi, if you enjoyed this episode of Discovered Wordsmiths, please support the author. Go to their website, go to Amazon, look them up, get the book. And if you click on the link that I have in the show notes, you'll also help support the podcast so I can keep the hosting and all the software I use and uh, keep it running for to help more authors. When I am recording this, we've got over 100 episodes, lots of authors. Go to the website, discoveredwordsmiths.com. Check it out. There's a lot of great authors, probably in some genre that you love. See what they have. Check out their books. That's what the point of the podcast is for. So people can discover new authors, find some new books they love, support the authors so they can continue writing. So please support them. And if you do like the podcast, if you've been thinking of podcasting or you're a writer, I've got some links also at the website. Click on those if you're interested in any of the software or services that I talk about. Everything that I have there is something I use, so I've got an affiliate link. Again, it's a little bit, if everyone clicked on those, if they were going to get it anyway, 
it helps keep the podcast going. So let's all help each other out, discover more authors to read. Thank you for listening to Discovered Wordsmiths. Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled and maybe sometime in the near future, it might be you. 